Back for another edition of the Rivals Hoops podcast with Rob Cassidy. Woody Womack joined by the man himself. Rob, Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How do I sound to you right now? Does it sound messed up? No, it sounds fine. Okay, good. Because I, <laughs> I don't think my headphones that I have in my ear are for purely decorative purposes right now because they're definitely not working. <laughs> Nothing in my life works. I let them die. Um, so, you know, that's just how things are going today. Yeah, we have a lot of technical issues every time we try to record a podcast. If it's not me, it's you. You know, the lights falling over, my headphones don't work, or your email doesn't work. We're really on. on yeah, the- I actually just checked, and I'm using the wrong microphone too. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> classic. I actually just fixed it. So, yeah, boy. Hey, people want a podcast though. So here we are. Okay, Rob. We decided. Hey, there's not a lot going on in the hoops world this week. We talked about the big story last week with uh, Wembenyama. So everyone's talking about this Redeem Team Netflix documentary. I guess it's a loose term for a while. <laughs> but uh, everyone's liking it. Everyone's liking it. So we're going to do an old grinding the tape. That's what we're going to call this. Uh, and we used to call it armchair quarterback. This is a basketball one. So let's grind some tape, Rob. Let's talk about this doc. What did you think? I would like to grind this doc into smithereens <laughs> and never have anybody have to see it again. I mean, it wasn't good. I, 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 I don't know who it's for, but like, it's kind of insulting to the viewer's intelligence in a lot of ways. Where it's like, look, I don't even know where to start. To be honest, it just felt very fake. And like, you can tell that LeBron James produced it because it was like, it was like a fantasy world of what people want to think NBA players are like. Oh, you know, they were really inspired to compete for the country and they were inspired by the soldiers to talk to them. And Kobe Bryant had to win everybody back because reasons that we aren't going to mention. Like, I don't know. Like there were a lot of like holes in it where it's like, well, you're really just going to ignore that. I, I don't know. It felt very polished, very overproduced and very fake. So here's the problem, and this is what we're we're moving into this era, and we kind of had it already with some of the other stuff recently. Basically, all these athletes are involved in some sort of production, have their own production companies, etc. Now they're producing their own stuff. And the reason the documentary is a documentary is because in theory it's done by a third party where you know you're like you mentioned, we're telling good, we're telling bad. Unfortunately, now you know, these things are produced, you know, like you said, executive, the names pop up, Maverick Carter, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, executive producer. So it's like, now to me, there's not a whole lot of controversy to explore. Like, I mean, it's relatively cut and dry. It it was cool to be kind of behind the scenes, but at the same time, and we're old too, that's what you need to remember. When, when this happened, do you remember there was like a reality show, right? Do you remember that? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah like a hard knocks type thing that I watched at the time. And I mean, it was basically this, I mean, the, to me, the best part of the movie was the Kobe running through Pau Gasol behind the scenes story, which was basically the trailer. And if you saw that and you were alive in 2008 and you liked basketball, to me, there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't anything new really. No, there was nothing new. And you know, and it like contradicts information that's out there. Like in Coach K's book, he kind of goes into detail about how LeBron and Kobe weren't maybe best friends on that team all the time. And there were some incidents of LeBron yelling at Kobe. But watching that documentary, 
you would think that immediately they were like Bert and Ernie. And, you know, and I'm not saying that you need to dwell on the Kobe Bryant sexual assault stuff, but it does need to be mentioned. If you're going to, like they did at the beginning of the thing, when you're like, well, you know, Kobe Bryant had was at a flux in his career where he had to win back public opinion because he had snitched on Shaq for cheating on his wife and other things. I mean, not even like an overture to any of that. The biggest story, of the biggest NBA, off-court NBA story maybe in history, and we just don't even make an overture at it? I mean, it just felt like, okay, come on, guys. Like, don't insult our intelligence here. Tell the story. Right. So I would say that you, I'd say the one thing they did touch on on Kobe in a minute was like Bill Plaschke mainly and Jay Donde a little bit mentioning where they made the joke about how Kobe has no NBA friends at the time, which was, you know, relatively true. And they made a couple references. Of course, they showed the trade demand. That was a crazy summer back then. I just think like, it's hard because Kobe's not around. You know what I mean? Now, sure. I I'm think... not saying you've got to drudge up everything and the documentary shows have to be about that. But to like make an overture at it about like the Shaq stuff and to say he had to remake his public image and then just to ignore it is pretty, especially in today's climate, like, eh, I don't know. It felt dirty. I didn't like it. All right, so let's talk about the, the Kobe running over Paul Gasol scene because I've got a, a, a thoughts on this. Okay, so now, Rob, you played basketball with me before. Uh, you know that, hey, listen, I'm not afraid to send a message. Here's my thing. If 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 you're going to post about Kobe and being a hero and running through Pau Gasol and not helping him up, I don't want you complaining when I foul you at LA Fitness. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I'm going to say, if I see a guy in a Kobe jersey and I hack him across the arms the first possession of the game at LA Fitness and he wants to fight and get nose-to-nose at, you know, Atlantic Station or wherever here in Atlanta, I'm going to let it be known. Hey, you liked it when Kobe did it, so if he can set the tone, so can I. I think one of the, the things that people should know about you is this is a very good microcosm for exactly who you are. Like, sees no difference in the <laughs> Olympic gold medal game <laughs> and LA Fitness. It's just none. It's it's pedal to metal, one hundred all the time for we will. So that's the other thing. Point number two. Guess what? You know the U.S. the U.S. beat Greece in 08. But I, get, I have to go play them every year. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm representing a nation when I step on the court in Greece every summer. I play basketball, and guess what? I'm still getting payback because that 06 game. You think I haven't heard the end of that? I mean, I bet. Yes, it was brutal at the time, and it's uh, it'll still get brought up. You know, I remember we beat the U.S. So I really enjoyed one of the parts of the documentary. I did enjoy is Coach K swearing like a sailor at all times. Um, you know, I didn't think he was like a choir boy by any stretch of the imagination. But every third word out of his mouth is f this, f that. I'm like, all right, a little bit of life. Yeah, I enjoyed Coach K cussing. Let's say I, I made a couple notes of other things that uh, I enjoyed. Oh, the. <laughs> that broadcast where they were like dream team or dream team more like cream team. <laughs> well, how about that dude from MSNBC staring directly in the camera and being like, that was an embarrassment. Could you imagine <laughs> that happening today? I mean, you're not even allowed to say you say players don't play hard. <laughs> you know, to look at the camera and say that was an embarrassment. That guy might have been fired. So I forgot about I forgot about the whole like terrorism 
post Iraq war, nine 11 staying on a cruise ship thing. I had completely forgotten about that. I mean, and all the players dropping out. Cause you look back at that team and you're like, how did we have a team with Iverson and Marbury? <laughs> I know. I mean, just, just brutal in terms of being like the starting backcourt. And you had Larry Brown. I mean, in retrospect, no wonder that team was terrible. Yeah. I don't know if Larry Brown was the man for the job there. He had him like, I don't know. You know, not to, not to start beating the negativity again. The other thing that really bothered me is when they expected us, you know, you and I know NBA players. We've covered these guys. When they expected us to believe that one time they came home from the club and they all saw Kobe going to the gym and it inspired all of them to start working out at 4.30 in the morning, that did not happen. Like, I know, like, come on, guys. Like, I, that's not how things work. The only person that kept it even a little bit real was Carmelo, who was like, I get up at 4.30. You know? like, I, I, went after, I went after breakfast, but yeah, not 4.30. <laughs> I mean, the way that this thing was produced, it was produced as like it was a Mighty Ducks movie for basketball. Like, okay, guys, time to buy in. We saw Kobe Bryant in the lobby when we came home from Live. Like, come on, man. Like, that's not a documentary. It's like, a, like it's a Mighty Ducks film. So I think the problem is a we're too cynical. Number one, for sure. I I have taught I have heard some other people talk about it. I know I know a lot of people liked it. Um, some other things, you know, Carmelo was pretty good. He was the throwback clip of him saying, "Hey, what happened out there?" And he's like, "I wasn't out there." <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. I was sort of surprised at how much skinnier Carmelo is now than he was then, like in his face and stuff. He oh. looks good though, you know, like he does. And he's got a sense of style to him. I always like Carmelo, New York boy. My they they showed the the '92 Dream Team, and I'm just wondering if it's because like '90s fashion is back. But if you compare that to the '04 '04 to '08 fashion, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, the 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 oh. the original Dream Team fashion was off the charts compared to. How about LeBron wearing like those giant and one style Nike shorts that looked yeah. like he was? You know, LeBron's never been a great dresser, but man, he had a bad run there. So that made me thinking: Are we ten years away from giant clothes being back, or? I, I mean, could be trending in that direction. Like, you know, skip to my loom wearing shorts that drag on the ground or whatever. The N one document, which is actually a good documentary. Did you watch that one? Uh, I I don't think so. I think it is I, it is actually good. So, yeah, that's the problem. This is basically like an infomercial. Mm -hmm. The the issue is even like, okay, so Michael Jordan was heavily involved, you know, producing hit the uh, Last Dance documentary, but at the same time. There's a lot of stuff of him in there being a total jerk, uh, you know, and, and some people didn't like the way it was, you know, Scottie Pippen or whatever going on with their weird beef. But to me, it's like we're hungry for content and people are going to try to recreate that. I just don't think and this is, you know, if, you, if you're anywhere from 18 to 24, you might not re remember this team and you might not remember this stuff. So it's good for you to watch. But just for me, yeah, I think that that was hard. I kind of find myself like, you know, looking away uh, at times. I kind of forgot about I kind of forgot about Baby Shaq on uh, on Greece. Yeah. You know? um, he looks more like Baby offensive tackle than he did, or Baby well, offensive guard than he did Baby Shaq. You know, that was his deal. Is he was always like battling weight issues. Yeah. Uh, but he is like 6'10". I mean, he's kind of like the Giannis before Giannis. I'd love to hear from Giannis 
Like that would have been good. That would have been a nice feature to be like, hey, Giannis, you were in Greece at this time in 06 and they beat you. Yeah. What was that like um, from your perspective? And yeah, I would have I would have liked to know, like, did Giannis watch that team? Did that inspire him to play basketball? You know, of course, it's not about it's not about him or Greece. But to me, it was just like yada yachting. I did forget, <laughs> you know, I'm a Blazers fan, as some people might know. And Rudy Fernandez, I think, was about to come over at that time, if I remember right. Oh, it was just wrecking you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought Rudy was going to be so good in the NBA, and he just was not, unfortunately. He's got a great NBA name. Well, you look back, and and he's <laughs> – I've seen some TikToks of people being like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> who've never heard of him? Because uh, he's, like, hitting threes. And when he dunked on Dwight Howard, I mean, what a dunk it was in that game. But then if you notice, like, when Kobe's scoring, you know, Rudy's guarding him uh, yeah. on most of those possessions. So, uh, big shout to Rudy. He's still playing. I watched Eurobasket, and he was out there kicking around this how, summer. How old is he? He's like 38 or something. Not too bad. They, You know, they should have had a bunch of real reporters involved. That's the other thing. You can tell there wasn't, like, much reporting done. Like, nobody really wanted to dig into this thing. It was just like how LeBron and Dwayne Wade remembered it pretty much <laughs> with, with like some Plashkey mixed in, I guess. But I don't think they were interested in telling a story as much as they were interested in remembering some guys, you know? Right. I, I did wonder how nobody came up with a nickname LeBron's James after they got the bronze. Bayless is going to be kicking himself for that. Yeah, yeah come on. Uh, <laughs> I came up with that one off the top of my head. I did find a lot of this was I thought was interesting. A lot of coded language around that time in general from like basically post the post Jordan era was like coded racial language like these guys care all about money and greed, like George Carl. Oh, yeah. George Carl, like, I hope they take away his Twitter account or something. And the Europeans all cared about patriotism. Right. Yeah. And a lot of coded language there. Oh, it's money and greed. <laughs> they have tattoos. They're, like, they're, they're individuals. The Europeans are a team. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. A, lot of, a lot of problematic uh, verbiage there uh, from that time for the... Like I said, George Carl, they only got one quick clip of him. But like, you know, I get it at some point, but we could have sent we could have sent the best college players and probably beaten Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how do you lose to Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico's part of the US. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to a territory. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> how did that happen? I forgot about that team with Juan Carlos Navarro. Some players I forgot. That was the fun part about watching the uh the games again, and they didn't really talk much about the the players on the other teams uh, that were that were out there playing. A lot of guys who kind of had cups of coffee in the NBA and, and didn't really fit in. Yeah, that left a lot to be desired. On you know, I, you know, it was basically like it, it, it was a nice like infomercial for the greatness of Kobe Bryant and Jerry Colangelo. That's pretty much what what it was. Yeah, I found it interesting that. Jerry cashed in the Suns for four hundred million, and they're about to sell for four billion. Yeah, no, I, so much for the genius of Jerry Colangelo. Right, that's a tough one. I think that's going to be a big L for uh, you know inflation aside. Four four hundred million. He's like a lot of my money was tied up in the Suns, so I sold them. <laughs> Woof! And it's like, bro, I mean, you know, <laughs> come on, Jerry. Was it Jerry? 
or was it his son who had the issues with the 76ers? It was Jerry, wasn't it? I think so, but I'm not I'm not positive. Remember the troll Twitter account? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very good story. Very good. Uh, that was a fun media story with the burner accounts. Burner accounts are always gold. I saw one, uh, a conspiracy theory about Spencer Rattler having several burner accounts. Uh, but it was was too many parts on TikTok for me to figure out the... Uh, you saw a conspiracy theory on TikTok? I'm stunned. Well, yeah, but it was it was proof that Spencer Rattler was responding to his own trolls from a burner account. Uh, yeah. But it was like four parts. I mean, we gotta let's let's cut her down, you know. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was one good thing about this. 90 minutes in and out. We it wasn't like a four episode type thing. This oh was, God, could you imagine if that would have been four episodes? We would have got a whole episode on how much the redeem team loved america or something like i i just and you know lebron being like an active nba player and very much in the public eye probably plays into that it, it just i just couldn't believe how polished and fake it was like i did so much i was watching alone and i was rolling my eyes like i was firing off text to you and you had to tell me save it for tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely uh i definitely told you to stop texting me so we could be fresh that's the problem with a lot of these things we wanted to have lackford on but he just never responded to the message about if he had watched it or not now uh, listen you know he's he's the winner if he avoided watching it you know, he's <laughs> on the podcast today <laughs> yeah i think uh yeah i i think yeah i would i would say if you if you like basketball if you're a big nba fan especially from this era it's worth a watch 90 minutes in and out but it wouldn't be like, oh, my God, you have to see this. Uh, yeah, if you have literally anything else to do, right? If, if you have to go pick up dry cleaning. But, I mean, if you don't have anything like that to do, then watch it. I'd say five out of ten, like, put it on if you're bored. But don't expect to learn anything except for the basketball players love soldiers. And uh, Kobe Bryant's got a killer instinct. <laughs> and Coach K says the F word. I did like LeBron kind of being like the team the team joker type thing like him doing the funny impressions and stuff like that i thought that was interesting which is interesting because young lebron they said he was funny but i've seen no evidence that like old lebron these days is funny you know like did he lose that or is it just old man humor he's an old dad now you know like i mean there's only so much uh only so much you can keep going on with that but he was definitely funny making jokes making fun of people doing impressions that was good. I could have gone for more of that. I mean, to, the, as I said, one of the issues is I think, I think I just was like was just so locked in on sports at that time, and I consume a lot of content. You know, I read a lot or whatever. I think I, uh, I'm not a good representative of the audience. It's like the Andre, even like the Andre the Giant documentary. I don't even yeah. follow wrestling. I felt like I knew every single thing in that. That wasn't a great one either. They didn't seem to have a lot of footage really either. Like they had some. But it wasn't like interesting footage for like behind the scenes footage from from the team or the right. or anything like you could tell they had the footage that had been on other shows or other reality TV or that reality TV show like Hard Knocks that you mentioned. But they didn't have any like never before seen interesting stuff. Well, where was the gas station video? Have you ever seen the video where they all go eat at a gas station? Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Where was that? It's like they walk into a gas station. I forget if they go to like Subway or McDonald's or KFC or something. It's like they're like at a pilot or something. Yeah, and like people mob them, right? No, no, it's like Darren Williams. They're all just kind of sitting there eating and like joking around. I haven't seen it. Let me let me Google it and see if I can pull it because I think I can put it on the screen if if I try. But anyway, uh it didn't seem like a ton. Yeah, it didn't seem like a ton of never before seen clips and 
there was really not a lot of information and the information there was kind of went against stuff that had been out there in the public. I, I don't know. <laughs> so I did want to see, we'll kind of wrap it up. We don't have a whole lot more to talk about. They, when they showed the, the 88 game of the USSR against the U S when they lost and they decided to bring in the pros, there was seen like there was new footage, like court level footage of Sabonis against David Roberts, young Sabonis. Yeah. Where's that? Where's that video? That's you know, you know what I wanted to hear about, and I've watched an entire five part documentary series. Like they mentioned it, I thought they were going to go down that road. They were like, "We were living in Las Vegas for a month," and I was like, "All right, here come some great stories." And then they're like, "But we really just watched the troops," and I'm like, "No, that's so, not what I want." You guys were a bunch of NBA, rich NBA players <laughs> living in Las Vegas for three months. Can we please get like one story, like? Something that's not Kobe Bryant worked out early in the morning. Like, come on, guys. Well, they did, they did say they were leaving the club at 4 a.m. or whatever. So Yeah, sure. I want to know what was... happened between the hours of <laughs> we got to the club and leaving the club at 4 a.m. That's that's what I want to know. You also expect me to believe that Allen Iverson, Lamar Odom, Stefan Marbury, etc., sat on a boat in Greece <laughs> and didn't go anywhere? Come on. <laughs> I want... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, a lot of it was like insulting to my intelligence. Right, that's the problem is like, oh, the team was stuck on a boat. And it's like, you, Allen Iverson was not going, like, you're in, <laughs> you're in Greece. The other part was the 08 Olympic Village. It's like, we were going, we were going to watch all these other sports because we wanted to support the team. It's like, I'd like to know. Yeah, I know the Olympic Village is like an insane place. That's the other thing. Yeah, is we all know. Every year they talk about they went through ten thousand condoms, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, but not these guys. They were worried about the troops. <laughs> My question is: Imagine what was going on in that uh, with 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 the Olympic Village and all those famous guys, and and uh, they're going to watch all these other sports and stuff. That you know, from a the only Vegas story we got was there was a group of about. 12 of us that played cards every night for 30 days. And it's like, give me a break, man. <laughs> yeah, that's... Don't, don't lie to me. <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, I like how much you did. I didn't hate it as much as Rob. It's a decent watch. I watched it while I did work. And I'm redeemed. I just felt lied to. Like, Yeah, it was cool. It was a nice like nostalgia or stroll down memory lane. I'm not mad that I watched it. But I just felt like somebody was sitting on my TV and telling me a bunch of lies to my face. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Rob and I often have a, a creed that we live by. And we often tell this to people. If you're doing some sort of scam, you got to let me know what's going on. I do not want to be the scammy. I need to be aware of, of whatever's going on because we'll sniff it out immediately. We'll sniff it out. And that'll be it. So if if I sniff you out, and you, you're lying to me or you're scheming, I'm going to know. And if you didn't tell me ahead of time, we're going to have problems. Exactly. I need to be, I, I'm okay with a good scam as long as I'm in on the scam. Right. If I was an, you know, if I was a producer on this, <laughs> and I'd give it a rave review. So that's how, you know, by the way, Netflix, I've applied for screeners like several times, even for like last chance you, it's like, give us a screener so we can record these ahead of time and put them out the same weekend the thing comes out. No dice. So I'm sure this review will help us. Uh, with that. If they would have given me a screener and I was in on the scam, maybe I would have lied and said I like the thing. <laughs> so 
the other one that we need to watch and talk about, and we can maybe tack it on as another segment, is the Jeremy Lin on HBO. Have you seen that yet? No, I watched that. I'd like to do the end one. one. That was fun, man. I watched that one. That was like four parts, I think, though. Uh, I enjoyed it. All right, so that's the grinding tape. Get, give us some feedback on the on the movie. Are, are Rob and I just too sour? What's wrong with us? Uh, and we... remember to rate and review the podcast. That helps. Oh, we badly need that. Rob, you need to hit up the old fraternity listserv or whatever and get this uh, new feed. I believe this feed used to be the armchair quarterback feed at one point long ago if you scroll down i bet you can find me and lackford and friedman talking about you know <laughs> I wonder, what happened to my old basketball feed where it was like me and some random college coach doing an interview that's on here that's on the same feed okay how about that you could find those in the archives we'll bring that back um all right rob so you are not on the road you're home for a couple of weeks right a couple of weeks and then i might go to this puma thing in chicago depending on what the roster looks like uh, I thought about maybe go to Border League this weekend, but I did four weekends in a row recently. And so now if I don't stay home, uh, I will probably lose my mind. So I need a couple weekends at home. Yeah, I am on an amazing streak of being home. I think I spent, I've been one night in a hotel in the last two months. So oh, God, man, that's jealousy. Hashtag, but now I have been to like 20 football games, but I've been home I've been resting and relaxing. I do have some stuff since we got a little time and we'll probably put this on the commitment issues feed as well. I got some things to talk about, complain about. Let's do it. Number one, Boba tea. Okay. (laughs) Now, uh, I live here by Emory University, diverse campus, you know, diverse student body, a lot of Boba tea to be had. Here's my thing with boba tea. You go in there and try to order, and it's like, I mean, I've never felt older. I feel like a grandpa. (laughs) What, you know, I don't understand the machinations of the different teas. Oh, it's it's cookies and cream flavored. It's still tea. That's the problem. You can put whatever flavoring in it you want. The base of the drink is still tea, and it's disgusting. Second Second of all, I hate tapioca pudding. And I'm like, everyone's like, you would like boba. Get the cho- get the chocolate flavor. It's all tapioca pudding. That's what the boba is. Do you remember the, you know, I've had boba a long time ago. You know, I was, I was, you know, as usual in front of this trend, when I lived in Kansas, I was, I was, there was a boba tea spot in Kansas City that we'd always go to on Big 12 Media Day. But do you remember the soda balls with a Z? That was like a, kind of like a soda. Do you know what I'm talking about? It had those little chewy balls in the bottom of it. You know, they should sell that. That tastes much better than boba. And if you want liquid with chewy balls in it, that's, that's my number one in the power rankings. The, do you remember the TV show Salute Your Shorts? Yeah, of course. There was an episode. Remember, they were always pranking like the camp counselor guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mister, what was his name? I, I yeah. can't. I only remember Donkey Lips as the Bobby <laughs> Butnick was Donkey Lips' sidekick. He was like right. the long-haired so, alt rocker, bro. Right. So he was probably doing the prank. But at some point, they did a prank where they put like fish eyes in the counselor's tapioca pudding. You remember that? I don't know if I remember that one, but that sounds, so, that sounds in keeping with Salute Your Shorts. That has ruined me on tapioca. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat it without thinking of that. So, But the problem to me is the ordering process. It's too confusing. There's too many things on the board, and it's not welcoming. You know, so like, What do you do? You order, you order, because back in my day, I, you just order, hey, I'll take the boba. 
you order like a flavor of tea and then a flavor of balls as well. No, I cannot tell you how. I'm going to take a picture and send it to you at this. There's moment. one on the end of my street here. It's called Bon Me and Tea, and they've got boba. Maybe I'll go check it out. No, this place. They also have ice cream that they'll put in the tea, which is weird. The coolest thing they have is a. You can get an ice cream cone. It's like a fish, and the fish's mouth is where. You oh, that's like you want to talk about a you want to talk about a Miami girl Instagram staple. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's a place in Miami where they sell that ice cream. And if 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 you are dating a girl or you know a girl that lives in Miami, or just lived in Miami for any length of time, if you go to her Instagram, there will be a picture of her holding the ice cream fish and like pushing her hip out. She probably threw the ice cream fish in the trash can after the photo was taken. But there will be that photograph. Yeah, so the place by me, it has at least 75 different things to order on the menu. And that's a low estimate. And I tried to do, rather than avoid the embarrassment of being the confused old white man at the counter, <laughs> I did the order on the kiosk thinking, okay, look, any any errors I make, I can look at here in print and see, okay, I messed it up because I was getting an order for two or three people. I came back. It was still wrong. I still ordered <laughs> I still ordered the wrong, the wrong thing. And I was so mad that I was like, I'm going back. I'm taking it back. Oh, you know? no. um, so yeah, anyway, boba tea, whatever. Also, you know, every year I talk about Halloween decorations, especially the ones that are, to me, if you've got like a Stacey Abrams sign in your yard and you have a skeleton hanging from a rope in your tree, I think it's, I think it's time to look in the mirror. Okay, that's number one. I will remind people of that every year. I've noticed less and less, but there's still a lot of things hanging from trees in my neighborhood. Number two, Home Depot is selling these extremely elaborate decorations now. Have you seen that? You, I don't know if you've seen it, if you're walking around. It's a witch on a broom, and the broom is on the ground, and the witch is like, looks like she's levitating. Now, it's a cool Halloween decoration. My problem is I go every night and walk the dog at 11 o'clock and he's constantly, he's constantly scared now because when they're all off and you're walking in the dark, all you see is a giant scary shadow of a witch. How much does that cost? Let me look. Let me see if I can pull it up because giant witch broom Home Depot. I'm I'm telling you, it's Rob. It's fifteen. Oh, I think we're I think we're in a time where people are just going to keep their Halloween because you know these people that make Halloween their entire personality. I think we're in closing in a time where it's just going to be at some people's houses. Halloween decorations up three sixty five. Okay, it's it's two hundred ninety nine dollars at Home Depot. I can go get, you get one. too much money if you're spending that much for a decoration that's up for one month in your house. You're too rich. Also, it's twelve feet tall. <laughs> 12 feet, Rob. I'm telling you. Like the giant skeletons, right? It's scary, too. That's the thing. Is It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's coming, and I am scared, baby. Well, listen, we can talk about people who make Halloween their personality. That's a major trend that's going on now. Liking Halloween is now... And when does it start? Late August? When do we... we, we squeeze oh, oh, like you're one of those people that makes Halloween your personality. It never stops. You know, that's it's like the people that like talk about how they dream of moving to Salem because it's Halloween all the time. <laughs> you know, well, see, you're farther down the witch hole. Than oh, am I ever? I have too many witch acquaintances. <laughs> I know very, very many. I know a lot of, a lot of women who I like, who are like, I, I have no problem with, who I'm generally friends with that believe that they are some, that are witches. They believe they're witches. They believe in sage and they believe in, and that's fine. They can believe whatever they want. 
and I think it's it's closely correlated with the astrology girl demographic. Like they fit in somehow together. I, I don't know. But all I'm saying is people think they're witches now. That's very. <laughs> Listen, this to me just sounds like my mom's friends from Oregon. I mean, don't yeah, they don't they don't need to call themselves witches. They live the witch life. Uh, you know, day to day. They've got like the gothic letter tattoos, initials on their like on their midriff, and you know, it's, it's a whole it's a lifestyle. Halloween is a lifestyle now. Do they have crystals glued to the center console of their car? Because if not, then they, no, they couldn't wear my necklaces. You know, no, no, are. that's not enough. Not around in Atlanta as much as they are everywhere else. But I mean, no, we do not have we do not have witches here. Uh, not like the way I'm telling you, you are in a you've gone down. <laughs> The witch bubble. I'm in a witch, bubble. <laughs> a witch bubble. There's there's just a lot of like you know obviously spooky season which I've talked about once again. You know we got to do some research. Got to do some research on that terminology. Number two, like I said, it's about August fifteenth. Now the I always say like I was never a pumpkin spice person. I love pumpkin pie. Always been my favorite pie. Um, and I love, you know, all types of, you know, candy corn, very controversial for a lot of people. But I started drinking these pumpkin spice lattes when Dunkin' Donuts started making them. When they come out in August, they're $3. <laughs> so it's like. Wait, wait a minute. They come out, they're $3. And then the closer you get to Halloween, the price goes up. Yes. Now they're like five fifty. dollars uh, We live in hell. <laughs> we live in hell. But let me tell you something. August, the second half of August, I'm drinking two or three pumpkin spice lattes a week at Dunkin' Donuts. Interesting. Because there's like three dollars. I don't like hot drinks, so everything I get is iced. Do you think those would taste good iced? No, that's iced. Iced pumpkin spice latte. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll give it a run. So uh yeah, I just actually went to a new coffee. You'd love it. Oh boy. Open, listen to this. The coffee place is just opened. Opens at 8.30 a, or 7.30 a.m. And it's open till 10.30 p.m. And on the sign outside, they had NCAA, NFL, whatever. So my question is, does this coffee shop turn into a sports bar at night? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to go figure this out. And I just look at this. You're talking about worlds colliding. My coffee shop down the street from where I live now has a sign in it. And if you saw it, you would understand the kind of place it is. It has a sign in it that says, we are the daughters of the witches they could not burn. It's a witch coffee shop. I'm telling you, witch culture is invading. It just hasn't hit Atlanta yet. You wait. You just wait. You wait. You wait. It's coming. Witch culture is coming for you. Every girl you know is going to turn into a quasi witch very soon. And some guys, you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not discriminating against warlock culture here either. I just think the demographics in Atlanta aren't as friendly to the witches as uh, <laughs> places where you frequent. I can just tell you that right now. Yeah. I ain't mess with no witches. Okay? Yeah, well, you're right. Black magic. You can't show up to Thanksgiving telling your family members you're a witch down here. I don't think. Speaking of not, you know, you wouldn't be wouldn't be hanging around long. You know, it, this is a whole other podcast. We can end. All right, because I hey, listen, the witches are going to be on you because <laughs> listen, I'm probably going to get cursed with the moon. You know, the TikTok witches have hexed the moon. I'll be the next one hexed. So if I'm not on the podcast next week, you know what happened to me. Well, listen, we may be we're we're we're, we're pretty regular here now. I have I'm about to take uh, some time off. I have been asked to continue doing the podcast <laughs> during said time off. Uh, so I might be doing them. I mean, we might not. Rob yeah, might have to do. Um, I'll probably have a coach here. I don't know if a coach will be as willing to speak about TikTok, which is maybe. This is what we need to talk to coaches about, though. Like, 
I wish there are, are a few coaches that when you talk to them are actual people, right? Sure, but they don't go into like as soon as the camera. Like I find that most coaches, at least basketball coaches, are pretty normal, cool people. Way more so than football coaches who I, I don't know what existence they live. That's a whole different subculture. But as soon as like, even like ones that I've been friendly with forever, as soon as we start recording, it's like they look at you weird if you ask them a question that isn't about their basketball culture. It's like, so, you know, if I ask a basketball coach about TikTok witches, they're never coming back on the show. <laughs> you know well, they'd be like, you know, well, you know, look, there's a lot of good rich basketball players out there. And, <laughs> you know, the witches have built a culture. Uh, you know, it's, it's a winning culture. You know, witches have been around for thousands of years. And that's not an accident. You know, the longevity is, speaks for itself, Rob. <laughs> look at a guy like Magic Johnson. <laughs> So yeah, that is uh that's a problem, but we'll hopefully we'll figure it out. I mean, you know, I'm down here in my basement. People love the basement studio. Rob helped me set it up actually. Rob's working on his basement studio. Um, we gotta get you a new backdrop, brother. We gotta figure that out. So. Yeah, I want like a basketball something or other. I mean, right now it's just like a dungeon. Um, if you could see behind the curtain here, it looks pretty bad, but we could probably make it look good in this little corner. All right, so uh, please leave us a review. Please, listen. I'm going to put this on the Commitment Issues feed as well so people can listen to us there because it's, uh, uh, you know, entertainment discussion. We'll also be, like I said, we're going to probably go watch the Jeremy Lin. Uh, I think it's called like 38 in the Garden or something like that. I'm sure he executive produced it, so it'll be... Uh... <laughs> you know, I had this guy that I used to play basketball with, and uh, it was before... Linsanity, right? Mm -hmm. And he was a very good Asian basketball player. And he's also like 6'4. Uh, and now he's a model. So it tells you uh, in terms of like how attractive <laughs> yeah. this guy is, right? Um, and it was when Jeremy Lin was on Harvard and he was trying to make the FGCU basketball team as a walk-on. And we and we would call him Jeremy Lin. And then Linsanity happened, and then oh, it was man. like he was like everyone started calling him jeremy lynn and he hated it so much i thought it was racist <laughs> so, <laughs> well the yeah. case could be made right but it was funny when nobody knew who jeremy lynn was <laughs> unless you actually watched you know he was playing on harvard it was like a fringe reference yeah, unless you were betting on the ivy league game of the night on tuesday or whatever then you probably didn't know him. right uh so anyway big shout to him uh chris sangelo uh making it happen out in vegas thought and plot and i'll tell you what he pops up on you want to talk about that he's got some witches in the comments uh <laughs> not, not cursing him either so uh anyway all right that wraps it up for us uh be sure to check us out next week and be sure to check out my college football picks which continue to get worse and worse so uh, listen to those and fade me uh at your own uh discretion thanks rob all right